Hey folks, we've been doing this podcast for over two years now and uh, you probably don't know, but we're on Patreon. That's right. If you head to our Patreon, which is uh, patreon.com forward slash B-I-G-W-B-A-S-C, you can check out all the different tiers we have. That's right. And uh, as well as our general tiers, we actually have special tiers for potential show sponsors and content creators. So if you want to share your goods or services or anything awesome you're doing, there's special tiers just for you. That's right. And uh, if you wanted to support us, you can chuck in a dollar a month to the Human Fund, Money for people i.e. us and uh, that will continue helping us do what we do which is talk about the secondary characters from Seinfeld each week that's right yeah Uh, so if you are a supporter thank you and if you've thought about it thank you and uh, if you want to support us thank you yes patreon.com forward slash b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c happy podcasting to meet you all. <laughs> what was that? She scared the hell out of me, my God. I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. Anyway, we're here to perform the mitzvah of the bris. Is the baby gonna cry like that? Is that how the baby cries with that loud, sustained, squealing cry? Because that could pose a problem. But I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> Hey folks, welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This is a podcast about the secondary characters from the greatest sitcom of all time, Friends. No, just kidding, Seinfeld, of course. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. We nearly, uh, all our subscribers, Stephen, nearly all just went bzzz. Yeah. three to none. Yeah, that's right. Oh, shit. Wrong song, my bad. And this week, Stephen, we are talking about Season five's The Briss, and we've actually shifted this episode up because we're doing this as a dedication to the late Charles Levine, who played the Moyle in That's this episode. Right. So we thought as a touching tribute, we thought, you know what, let's just bring the bris up. Yeah, he uh, passed away recently. Uh, we did mention it in last week's Seinfeld News, so if you want the details, go back and check it out. Mm. Uh, well, not check it out, because that sounds like a positive thing, but yeah, uh, yeah. if you want to know what's happening, just listen to last week's episode. Very sad. But yeah, I'm looking forward to doing this uh, this one. The yeah. Bris, haven't seen it in a while. Yeah, me either. It was one that I haven't seen for a very long time, and the episode overall was not too bad. Pretty good. Yeah. And, Pretty good. Yeah, and the Moyle, I'm, I'm actually a bit conflicted about the Moyle. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll explain as we talk about him later, but uh, I have notes today on uh, the Moyle, uh, Mrs. Sweedler, the hospital admin officer, uh, or the, what do you call Administrator. Yeah, whatever. Um, the fat little metal, uh, mental patient, a.k.a. Pig Band, got a couple of notes on him, and uh, and uh, Stan and Myra, who are uh, Jerry and Elaine's friends. They only appear in this episode. Former friends, I'd say. Former friends, yeah, yeah. Not not even, because Jerry's like, I only knew him through softball. Yeah, they were, uh, what is it, level hopping. Yeah, level hopping. Le- I love that concept. Level jumping. Level jumping. Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right, good. that's right. It's good. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit. You can listen to all of our previous episodes on whatever podcast service you choose to use. And if you want to rate us or review us, that would be amazing. Or spread the word, even better. And finally, we are on Patreon. Uh, head to patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Check out all the tiers that we have available for various dollars per month and all the goodies you get for your hard-earned cash. Absolutely. So let's kick this one off. Seinfeld-isms, Stephen. So uh, Seinfeld-related events that have occurred in our life, 
this week. What has happened to you? Uh, I've got one. So I went to a gig last week, actually, after we recorded. Mm, yeah. I went and saw some bands, a weird Swedish band called, I can't even pronounce the name. ABBA? Uh, yeah, ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> or the washed up, the forgotten members of ABBA. <laughs> yeah. Uh, playing dive bars in Melbourne on a Tuesday night. Mamma mia, here I go again. Yeah. Uh, the harder they fall. Yes. Uh, no, I was in the loo and uh, I there's just one stall yeah. and uh, I was doing a number two <laughs> and I heard a knock on the door and I didn't know what it was at first because it's, it's right near the beer garden and it's quite noisy and I thought maybe someone dropped something or whatever and I thought, oh, <laughs> that sounded like a knock, whatever. Yeah. Continued to look at my phone, heard another louder knock and I thought, okay, well, that's a knock and I'm like, y- yeah, hel- hello. And uh, he goes, are you in there? And I'm like, yeah, um, and he goes, "Oh, do you mind helping me out or something like that?" And I'm like, "Sure. What what's up? What can I do?" And he goes, oh, "I just need some toilet paper." And I'm like, uh, "Okay, um, I, I can give you some when I'm done." And he goes, "No, no, no. I really need it now." Oh no! <laughs> and uh, yeah, obviously uh, related to I can't remember the episode, the stall, uh, the stall, yeah, the stall, yeah, right. yeah, where Elaine can't spare a square, well, no. needs a square, and the uh, woman in the next stall can't spare a square. That's right. And then uh, Elaine gets her revenge later on. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, there you go. That's awesome. Yeah. So I didn't just give him two or three squares. I actually sort of <laughs> rolled out quite a bit and scrunched it up. And I pushed it under the door and he goes, oh, no, wait, it's all good. The other stall's free now. And he went in there. So I didn't even know what he wanted it for. Okay. Um, but he didn't end up taking it. So I opened the door and it was just sitting there on the ground and I washed my hands. I don't know who it was, mm. what they needed it for, what what happened. But uh, yeah, I, I got asked to pass some uh, toilet paper under the door. Maybe he was wiping his bloody nose from all that cocaine he was consuming. Yeah. Yeah, he needed some uh, serviettes or toilet paper to kind of, uh, you know, mop that all up. Cocaine? Oh, I don't know. Whatever you guys do these days, whatever people do at metal bars these days, I don't know. Usually just drink a beer and have a chat and watch a band. Oh, cool. Pretty right. normal. Awesome. Yeah. yeah I'm sure tell. there's some coke sniffed at uh, some point. But I don't know. Yeah. yeah. You can tell I've never been to a metal gig in my life. I'm sorry for, uh, you know. I was going to say, you sound like 63. You're like, you kids with your loud music <laughs> and your rock cocaine. Yeah, <laughs> your rock cocaine. Yeah. Anyway. Your marijuana. Your marijuana. Marijuana. Anyway, do you have any Seinfeldisms? I have two this week, mate. So I actually had one. It was it was hilarious. I'll start off with the best one. Um, my partner <laughs> came home the other day and she goes, you're not going to believe what my boss did at work. And I said, what happened? And he goes, oh, she goes, sorry. Oh, well, my boss, he had a really tough day. And I caught him under the meeting room desk having a nap. That's amazing. That is incredible. And, so good. And, and the funny thing is, like George in the nap, she said that her boss got up to have lunch. Wow. Yeah. Wow. She, Does he work really long hours or he, something? I think, yeah. Well, he owns the company, so right. it's like a small firm that okay. she works at. And Maybe he's having troubles at home and he just needs to sleep at the office Well, it was during the It was during the day. Oh. It was like 10 in the morning or something. Wow. And then she, she got up at like 1 or 12 to eat. Okay. Well, I mean, if he owns a place, he can nap yeah. whenever the hell he wants. But it's hilarious. Like, my partner was like, yeah, you check that out. That's you should put f- that in Seinfeldism. That's amazing. Like, yeah, that's cool. I wonder if he has like a little, you know, secret little shelf and stuff under there, <laughs> like a little drawer for his blanket. Yeah, I know. A little compartment. A little fridge, maybe. I reckon that'd be good. I wonder if you got Conrad the tradie to come in to, yeah. you know, do his things. Do you want birchwood or mahogany? Oh, fucking hell, whatever you can do. God damn it. We've been here since five in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> nice. um, yeah, so that's one. And the second one, it's just a minor one. It's nothing too, you know, exciting like that one. But uh, I am started screen acting classes again after a six-year hiatus. I haven't had any screen acting work for about three years, which is fab. 
Uh, there's about 14 students in the class. One of them is called Elaine. Oh, nice. Yes. Elaine's not a name you hear too often, so no, yeah, that no. counts as a Seinfeldism. Yeah, because we were practicing a monologue last night, and I was going to say, these pretzels are making me thirsty. <laughs> see, not yet. To see if she was a Seinfeld fan to try and suss it out. Uh, but not yet, no. I want to make a good first impression. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like you have to ease your way into that. Yeah, probably. Because that didn't work out so well for Kramer, so it might, might, might bring some bad juju to the class. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah, so that's what happened. Nice one. Yes. Awesome. So they're, they're my Seinfeldism. Seinfeld news, man. What have you got for this week? Uh, just one this week. Uh, and I did touch on it last week, but uh, a bit of an elaboration. So the latest season of uh, Comedians and Cars Getting Coffee, season 11, came out on July 19th on Netflix all over the world. Um, I watched a few episodes. Uh, I watched the Ricky Gervais episode, the Eddie Murphy episode, and the Seth Rogen episode. All were pretty good, pretty standard stuff. You know what you're getting. He drives around, chats yeah. about comedy and drinks a coffee or eats a bit of food. Yeah. I did want to, however, make a special mention of the Eddie Murphy episode. So uh, a lot of Eddie Murphy fans, uh, such as myself, have been wanting wanting him to do stand-up comedy since he kind of packed it up at the late, uh, at the end of the 80s, I think. He did uh, Raw and Delirious, I think, in 84 and 87, respectively. Yeah, I think it was around that time, yeah. And, yep. Yeah, yep. and he didn't really do much after those. I think because he got so big from those and he became such a big movie star he kind of just ran out of steam I and, guess and plus with the Saturday Night Live as well yeah the 80s, that really helped him and plus he was in such big films Beverly Hills Cop mm. Nutty Professor you know all these incredible films yeah you know, really good films I wouldn't call the Nutty Professor oh. incredible well, it was, oh okay it was fun <laughs> dog shit <laughs> it was funny <laughs> I don't know I, I can't tolerate another Eddie Murphy movie where he plays a bunch of people wearing fat suits it's just like man there's plenty of other good scripts out there oh, plenty well. of other concepts well he's done that several times in I know. several films yeah, yeah I know yeah. that's that's my point <laughs> once is enough yeah uh, anyway uh, Seinfeld brings that up um, and Eddie Murphy kind of he doesn't give any specific details but he kind of hints at that he's been thinking about it and he's got some stuff you know on the boil mm. and that maybe he'll do it so hopefully you know this nudge and maybe this publicity or maybe it'll create a bit of hype because he mentions it on the uh, on the show maybe it'll cause him to, to go back into comedy and I really hope it does well actually funnily enough I because I watched that Eddie Murphy episode and I thought it was really good and that one actually went for twice as long as usual yeah, it, was it was like 40 longer. something minutes instead of the usual what 15 20 yeah um, I think I read somewhere that Eddie I don't know if it was rumours or whatever, but he was in talks with Netflix to do a stand-up special. Oh. Yeah, I think that happened, like, after the episode was released. I read that somewhere. Look, I don't know if it was substantial, you know. I don't know if it was substantiated, you know, evidence to suggest that that's the case. But, yep. um, yeah, I thought I heard, read somewhere that Eddie was uh, in talks with Netflix. Nothing's been set in stone. But, uh, yeah, I think they want to give Eddie a, Eddie a crack. Yeah. But the question is, will it be as politically incorrect as Roar and Delirious? Will he have to rein it in a bit? Well, you know? I mean, if Dave Chappelle can get away with it, Ricky Gervais can get away with it, they're getting criticised for not sort of towing the super PC line these days. So mm. Eddie Murphy can get away with it. I, I I think he's at an age and at a point in his career where he just wouldn't give a shit. No, probably not. You know, I mean, Netflix is quite a progressive, inclusive company. Mm. Um, but, you know, they also put a lot of stuff on there that tick a lot of people off. So... I don't think they'd care, and I don't think he'd care. Okay. Just say, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, just think that's yeah, yeah. that's what made him famous, and I don't think that'd change. Yeah, okay, So, cool. you know, I mean, if Chappelle can get away with it, I think Eddie Murphy can. Yeah, so be fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so hopefully that happens, but that's all the uh, Seinfeld news for the week. Very good, mate. How about we just jump straight into the plot, yeah? Yeah. Uh, season five's The Briss, and that was episode five. First aired in the US, October 14th, 1993, directed by Tom Chirones, written by Larry Charles. The core four go to the hospital to meet friends who've just had a baby, Stan and Myra, they're called. 
Uh, at the hospital, George gets a parking spot right in front of the hospital. A mental patient jumps from the roof and lands on it. George attempts to get the hospital to pay for the car's damages, but the director refuses, insinuating that George is being greedy and callous. Kramer stumbles into the wrong room at the hospital, 1937 instead of 1397, <laughs> and becomes convinced that he's seen a pig man, half pig, half man. He espouses a conspiracy theory concerning the government and genetic mutation leading to pig men armies. Not just the government, but the military. The military as well. I can see why people want to storm Area 51. You've mm. seen that meme? Yeah. I think it's because of the pig men. I, uh, a friend of mine from Brisbane uh, asked about it. We're chatting on Facebook and he didn't know a whole lot about it because he doesn't do a lot of interneting. Mm-hmm. And I sent him a link to the Facebook event. At, I think on Saturday it had 1.8 million attendees. But how many people are going to turn up? Oh, like 18 people. Yeah. If, <laughs> if anyone shows up, I mean, the US military has made an official response to that event. Mm. Basically saying that if anyone even steps foot onto Area 51, we will fucking shoot you. Yeah. Like yeah, they, yeah. they will kill people. Yeah. Even if they attempt to storm it. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's not going to happen. No. I think it's just like a big joke. Well, it started out as a serious thing, but then, you know, in typical internet fashion, it just became a giant meme and yeah. went viral and sort of became a parody of itself. Oh, mm. But I reckon in that 1.8 million people, there's a handful at least who would treat it seriously oh, and turn will. up yep. and try and, you know, take the US military head on, which is just insane. And they'll probably head up, they'll probably end up in body bags. Yeah. Or maybe we're spurring these people on with the pigmen thing. Maybe they'll listen to us and be like pigmen, now we have to go to Area 50. Maybe they'll... <laughs> we have, we've, we've spurred on all these poor people to a death, to I their feel demise. Like, I feel like if you're stupid enough to show up it's just accelerated Darwinism okay. as far as I'm concerned. Fair it's enough. just like, yeah, you, <laughs> whatever happens... It's uh, it's evolution at play. Yeah, you'll become Swiss cheese. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Jerry and Elaine agree to become godparents to the newborn baby. Jerry uses the role as a prompt to perform impersonations of the godfather or Marlon Brando's character from it, but Elaine is unimpressed. They're obligated to arrange the bris, which involves booking a moil and holding the baby during the circumcision. Kramer, disturbed by the concept, upsets the mother with grotesque descriptions of circumcision and seizes the baby in an unsuccessful rescue attempt. I like it when he has nowhere to go and he goes up on the couch and, and he, he just hands doesn't the baby know. back to the dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's funny. And it's good. It's interesting, or it's funny too, because it's not obviously a real baby in, yeah. in their arms. It's just funny because you think for a second Kramer's going to fall with the baby in his mm. arms. You think, oh no, that probably wouldn't be, probably been a bit too, uh, I think so, yeah. you know, sensitive for most people. Seeing yeah. a baby get dropped, you know, I'd be a bit upset by that. Yeah, even if I knew it was fake. Yeah, yeah. The Moyle, played by the late Charles Levine, uh, is extremely irritable and high strung, and implies that he was charged with malpractice due to a botched circumcision on at least one previous occasion. Uh, occasion. Made increasingly nervous by this, Jerry flinches as the circumcision gets underway, and the Moyle slightly cuts Jerry's finger. The four go to the hospital, where the baby's parents have to break up a fight between Jerry and the Moyle. Jerry's fingers stitched up. Kramer finds the pig man, who actually discovers that he's actually a fat little mental patient, and liberates him from the hospital. The pig man steals George's car, which was again conveniently parked. And I love it, Stephen. I feel for George in this episode, because whenever I find an awesome car park, and I'm probably you're, I'm, I'm sure you're the same, especially in the CBD or in the surrounding area, it's an, a great feeling. Yeah, I mean, I don't go around declaring it to relatives strangers, but it is a good feeling when it when it happens, especially when it's right in front of the place that you're going to. Mm, and George's misanthropy really shows in this episode, because obviously if someone jumps on your car and dies, the mm. first thing you'll be like is, oh my God, the person. Whereas George says, oh my God, my car. Yeah. He has no regard for that poor soul. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't. But I also think his uh, claim to compensation is fair, but maybe his timing and approach wasn't the best. He mm. should have maybe waited 
a bit more yeah. uh, time to, to ask for compensation, mm-hmm. but he is George. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would hold the hospital responsible if oh, I were him. Yeah. But I, maybe I wouldn't do it the day after it happened, mm, especially not. after being told that a bunch of kids were traumatized because they yeah. think he's flying. <laughs> they thought like, he was okay, flying. Maybe, maybe I'll give it a month and I'll come back or maybe I'll write a letter or something. Yeah, you know, like yeah, maybe, maybe I'll approach it in a bit more of a sensitive way. Yeah. I'll just be like, give me money. <laughs> give me money. <laughs> Basically. Who needs it for hospitals? Give it to me. Give I me, love, give me, give me. I love how he brings the, the you know, his, his claim into the conversation <laughs> yeah. and the splat that's where I come in like it's that's such a right. it's such a he tries to segue his fucked in. up but also really kind of smooth way to do it it's, it's yeah. really well done but it's also really fucking dark he tries to like <laughs> segue his way yeah. into it oh yeah. I know it's and so uh, in typical George fashion he tries to charm he's like is that hospital administrator uh, what's her name? Sweet Mrs. Sweetie, Sweet- Mrs. Sweedler. Mrs. Sweedler. Yeah. Is that is that Mrs. Sweedler or is that Hospital Administrator Sweedler? And she's like a bit charmed. It's just like, oh, oh man, no. it's, that's a great scene. Yeah, one of the best scenes in the episode. <laughs> and yeah. the splat. That's where I. Come that's in where it's I. Just come. like, oh man, should I just leave this? Get out! And he just drops. I love how he just drops the cloak yeah. and walks off. It's good. <laughs> um, and finally, the parents strip Jerry and Elaine of their role as godparents, deciding that they prefer Kramer due to the concern he expressed Never for the baby. It's a family, Ivan. Yes, and the baby's name was called. Stephen. Oh, was it? There you go. Did they say that? Yeah. Oh, did they? I didn't pick yes, that up. Yes, yes. They okay. say that uh, they make Kramer the godfather because he uh, cares for Stephen. Okay. There you go. Hmm. <laughs> Coincidence? Uh, please, Kramer performs an off-the-cuff impersonation of the godfather with far eclipses Jerry's. Would you say so? Oh, I don't know. It was only, a, what, five seconds, but okay. it was all right. Okay. Yeah, did the job. Yeah, I mean, their voices are similar quality. Like, they're both, you know, an okay impersonation, but... I would say that Jerry's wins because he does the the sort of jutted out bottom jaw. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I think do, Kramer does, does that too, doesn't he? Does he? Yeah, yeah he actually does, he does, does the jutted out But Jerry, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jerry also does the weird hand movement where he kind of, it's like a, it, the front of his hand is like facing forward and yeah, he's like yeah, yeah, flipping yeah. it forward a bit. Yeah, I can picture it. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, you can picture it because I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing it in front of, of course. Um, and uh, just some other secondary characters. Uh, John Gu- uh, Geegan Huber plays the resident doctor who Kramer asks the pig man about. Uh, two. Uh, Frank Noon plays the patient who asks Kramer where the elevator is, and uh, Tia Risling as the woman who George tries to crack onto at the bris. Nice. Sometimes you might feel a bit woozy. I'm a cardiologist. I think I can handle it. Um, what do you reckon? Let's have a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about some episode trivia, and we'll dive into these secondary characters. How's that sound? Sound good. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, this week we're talking about the Briss. Let's talk about some episode trivia. Yeah, so this is the final episode to include the audience's laughter whenever Kramer makes his first entrance. Uh, apparently Larry David asked the studio audience's audience to stop the applause. It was it was throwing the actors' timing off. Yeah. Yeah. And kind it gets it, old. It does get old really quick. And remember that in like season three and even season four there was that period where Kramer would just fart or something and then yeah, all the crowd blink. would be like, Woo yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Kramer as much as anyone in that crowd. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the cheering gets a bit obnoxious after a while. Very obnoxious. So, yeah, thanks, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the incident of Kramer discovering a pig man is actually a parody of a, I think it's a movie called Oh, Lucky Man, which came out in 1973. Yeah, I, I'd never heard of that film. If Neither. you're familiar with it, 
let us know. But yeah, again, I've never heard of it. So, I wonder if uh, yeah. I wonder if the title of it is a reference to Finding of the Pigman. Like you know, he's lucky because <laughs> he found a pigman. Oh, I lucky pigman! <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Jason Alexander, Stephen hated the character the Moyle. Uh, said he was disgusting and anti-Semitic in a hurtful way. Quote unquote. Uh, after having read the first draft of the script, uh, Jason approached the, uh, Larry David and asked to be written out of the episode. Wow, jeez, pretty intense. Yeah. Because remember when George wasn't in an episode, it, um, what was it, the pen? The pen, yeah. And uh, he threatened to leave. Yeah. Jason threatened to leave. Mm-hmm. The fact that Jason asked to be written out of the episode. Yeah. That's gracious. I, I heard an audio clip of George. Uh, Jason. Describe, uh, sorry, Jason. George. <laughs> Same thing. Uh, Jason is George, isn't he? <laughs> They're the one and the same. They are uh, describing his, um, uh, I guess, his feelings about the episode, and uh, he said, you know, like I'm Jewish. I'm not sensitive when it comes to Jewish jokes. Um, it wasn't what he said. It was the portrayal of him just being this like shitty, shitty dude. Yeah, and just yeah. this, just this asshole. Um, that that's what he was offended by. It wasn't so much what he said. It was the the you know the physical kind of uh, portrayal of him. Yeah, well, he said he was disgusting, and like I said, he also said anti-Semitic in a hurtful way. Mm. So there you go. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, Larry said that he'd soften the character before they filmed the episode, and uh, Jason agreed to stay in. And uh, yeah, like you mentioned, he still has regrets about how he was portrayed yeah. the moil. The moil. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, David um, uh, softened him to the point where George was happy. Yeah, but um, probably more so just to you know get him on board. Like it, it was enough of a compromise, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Jason still has regrets. Yeah, oh well, fair enough. There you go. But oh anyway, well. we'll mention we'll talk about the Moyle in a minute. But yeah, like I did mention at the start, I was very conflicted by him. But like I said, I'll explain later what I mean. Um, what, what else do you have? Uh, yeah. So George, when he's talking to um, Mrs. Swedler, he mentions that he's not the sort of person to buy a convertible because he's bald. <laughs> yeah. Um, however, <laughs> in uh, I can't remember what episode, the Mum and Pop store. That's right. He buys the LeBaron. He buys John Voigt, the periodontist's uh, old car. John Voigt's, and uh, yeah, the LeBaron's a convertible. Yeah, that's right. So yep. There you go. And he wears a hat while he drives it. It's true. There you go. So I yep. like how they uh, yep. they kind of work that Love one out. Love the continuation. Yeah. Yes. Um, a Brit, a Bris rather, is a ritual circumcision performed in the Hebrew faith on infant boys. And there's a lot of questions in terms of the techniques about it, uh, because I won't mention them here, but some of the uh, practices uh, during it are very questionable as well. Uh, but I guess you can Google what that is. And But there's a lot of people against, well, a lot of people against Brisses uh, and also people against uh, infant circumcisions in general. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's a whole different topic, but there's a lot of contention around it. Yeah, I think a lot of people just categorize it as mutilation. Regardless, mm, general regardless mutilation, of the, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the religious significance. It's mm. like, well, you're still cutting a bit of a baby's dick off. It's, mm. I don't know. Yeah, a bit rough. Yeah, mm. a bit rough. <laughs> just a bit. Just um, a bit. Yeah, what else do you got? Uh, the only other bit of trivia I have is a bit of a goof. So from uh, the episodes The Mango all the way through to The Sniffing Accountant, which were both season five episodes, um, Jerry had a green Klein bike. Um, oh, sorry, he had a blue Cannondale bike on oh, the wall. Yes, yes, yes. Prior to The Mango, he had a green bike. But mm. uh, in this episode, it, uh, the green bike makes a return. Makes a return, so yeah. So it goes yeah. green, blue, green. I noticed that too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if we're assuming that that's, um, you know, official canon, maybe he, I don't know, maybe he got sick of his bike. Not that you ever see him riding it. No, no. You know, no. wanted wanted the different bike and didn't like it, and he wanted his old bike back or something. I don't know. He changed his mind, obviously. It's, yeah, it's just like a decoration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the one more bit of trivia that I have, Steve. Did you notice something different about Jerry in the final stand-up bit in the credits? 
Oh, yeah, he had a bandage on his finger. Yeah, and, you know, for continuity for the episode. So, yeah, he actually wears a, a finger bandage during that routine. I like that. Yes. Nice little touch. I know, very good, because obviously in the episode, his finger is cut by the moil. Oh, as he oh. puts it, he circumcised his finger. He circumcised my <laughs> finger. This is my phone finger. <laughs> I like in this episode, too, it's not trivia, but just something that came to mind. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the contest Um uh, or the, I guess the yada, 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 um, you know, where they euphemize sexual acts, um, where um, Jerry asks Elaine if she's ever seen a circumcised penis. Oh, and it's and all very like, ambiguous. Yeah, though, but you like, know what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, you know, it has no personality. <laughs> um, you can't see its face. <laughs> I like that. You know, <laughs> I, 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 One time I watched a Sex in the City episode and one of the characters described it as like a Sharpe. It's like Shopping. a dog. It's okay. like a it's like a it's like a, a Chinese dog breed, oh, and okay. apparently I said it looked like that. Oh, okay. I'm like, oh, I can't picture what a Sharpe is. I'll but, have to Google Sharpe uh, yeah, after this. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Huh. Uh, yes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, some secondary, Steve. What do you reckon? Shall we uh, get into it? Yeah, sure. Why don't we start with the? Uh, let's start with the Moil. The Moil, of course. He's obviously the main secondary in this episode, uh, played by the recently deceased uh, Charles Levine. Uh, he was known for The Golden Child, Manhattan, and Annie Hall. Um, he passed away earlier this month in Oregon, and uh, like we mentioned at the start. This episode is dedicated to him. Um, it isn't a coincidence that we're doing the Brits, but we decided let's bring it up and uh, talk about it and talk about his character as a uh, tribute to him. That's right. Yeah, so condolences to the Levine family and his friends. Uh, but anyway, let's talk about uh, his portrayal. Um, so, Steve, I I think the Moyle is probably the first character that I've seen on the show where I love them, but I hate them at the same time. Yeah. I've got this, it's like a duality kind of thing. I mean, Charles played the role so well, and he was an absolute nutbag, you know. He was just insane, and clearly he has a mental illness, bipolar disorder, or some some kind of dissociative disorder. He's, he's unstable. He's very unstable, and he definitely needs some kind of medicine. Oh, sorry, it just started raining here. <laughs> nice little raindrops in the background, in case you're wondering what that noise is. Um, but, you know, he definitely needs some kind of psychiatric help or some kind of medication. Uh, clearly very unstable, yeah. Um, but I loved Charles' portrayal of it. I just didn't like the character either much. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm I'm basically the same. I, you know, say George Costanza is someone that is just objectively a shit person. Yeah. But that makes him lovable. You love him for it because he's just so unashamedly terrible. Yeah. The Moyle is not immoral like George, but he's so... Uh, like he's, he's a, such a dis- like Jason said he's disgusting yeah. I actually agree with that yeah yeah yeah. I I mean I can't really speak about um, you know what it would feel like to be portrayed like that on screen because I'm not Jewish but you know with enough I guess empathy you can understand how that would be quite a turn off and yeah. how that would be quite upsetting if you're a Jewish person because mm. it kind of relies on the typical Jewish stereotypes of being very like complainy uh, very sensitive to sensations, you know, like when the baby's crying, asking questions in a rhetorical way, like, why is the baby crying? Yeah, all, it, yeah, it's yeah, very, yeah. you know, and those stereotypes might exist for a reason. I don't know. I've never met a Jewish American person like that. And it is common across movies and TV shows for those characters to be like that. But this was just taken to an extreme, even for Seinfeld, that I thought was too far. Yeah, yeah. And even, mind you, this is the softened version yeah. of the character. Imagine how hard... Like, if you imagine reading, like, the first draft of the episode and seeing what the Moyle was really like. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, he's a clearly, he's a shit person, 
a clearly disturbed individual, very regretful of his career choices. Um, yep, he wanted to become be a kosher butcher, butcher like his brother, earns good money because it's good money. And, and if he, got, um, you know, uh, what was it, health insurance? Yeah, health insurance yeah, he's got benefits like or something. Yeah. And if you know, if you hurt a cow, or you do something to a cow, you can move on. Yeah, you know, it's like okay, whatever. I'm sure for you, it's you know, <laughs> you're like you know, because you're a vegan. Yeah. So I can imagine you know you probably didn't well, take didn't, that too I well. I didn't kill them. No, so, no, no, of course. Know, and I accept that butchers exist. I used to be a fish fillet for seven years, so you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I mean, what can I? What more can I say about him? I mean, he's just very vindictive. Um, yeah, and you're right. I mean, obviously he deals with children with babies. Yeah. Yet he can't handle their cries. It's like, come on, man. I wonder really? how he's. I wonder how he's maintained his. Business. Oh, it's really coming down now, it isn't is. it? Yeah. Whoa. Wee. Anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not like a nice relaxing rain in the background <laughs> to meditate to. We're like, breathe in, breathe out. Focus on it, your breath. It's like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so what were you saying? As the better? rain increases in volume, we'll get louder. We'll be like, yeah. Anyway, so the mile, the mile, he's a bit of a break. Yeah. <laughs> and then the rain stops, and we're yelling. Yeah. And there's like distortion. It's like, oh, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, anyway, so what were you saying? I was going to say, how do you think he's sustained business as a moil if he's just so, just, ugh, like in, intolerable? Well, he's clearly not good at it. No, unless know, he I mean, does it as a side gig. Maybe he works like another job. Yeah, maybe. And the Moyle's like his second job maybe to earn a bit of extra income. Maybe his weekend gig. Yeah, I'd say so, probably. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. it wouldn't be his main Moyle ticket. No. <laughs> his, <one. laughs> uh, his Moyle. <laughs> Give me that Moyle. Um, yeah, no, I think it's probably his weekend gig or his second job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, what do you think has happened in his life to make him so uh, intolerant of just anything going wrong i mean he 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 he, uh he gives elaine so much grief for putting a a glass on the table you know in a place that he wouldn't i mean he just i don't know he's just so angry and so upset at everything no i just think he has an underlying mental health condition yeah i think that's all it is i think Mm. he's just insane yep i think yeah like i said he probably has bipolar or some kind of disorder like that Mm. um and yeah i Jeez, he's just really intense, man. He is. He's just really intense. Like I said, I, Charles's portrayal of the character was awesome. Yeah. Like, he was great. And I'm not saying that because he recently passed. I would have said that, you know, if he was still alive. I think you and I are on the same page. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it, portraying a character like this in a comedic way is a really hard job. Yeah. And uh, that's a testament to... Um, to Charles. Yeah, to his acting talent. Mm. But he... Yeah, it's, I can't even articulate exactly why... He's so insufferable and he's so deplorable, oh. but he just is. Like, he doesn't do anything like George does, you know, like, you know, in this episode, George tries to get compensation for his car a day after a man commits suicide. Like, even if George is a likable person or a charming person, just that act alone makes him a pretty awful person. A, lo- a lowly human yeah, being, yeah. But the Moyle doesn't do or say anything that is morally speaking bad it's just his character his character yeah you know, and his actions and just yeah. his temperament is so ugh. and mind you elaine screened for a moil mm. so elaine picked him yeah so what do you think do you think that maybe he was different what when he was interviewed by elaine maybe he was more calm and that that might explain his bipolar disorder maybe maybe you know because with bipolar you're either extremely euphoric or you're extremely upset or angry or depressed. There is a huge middle ground. There is a huge middle you're ground not as always well. One of those two things. But, but do you think he had one of his good days when I interviewed him? Yeah, that's so a maybe potential. he seemed pretty level and all that stuff. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. She mis- she misjudged his character or based did, on yeah. how he was that day. Yeah. Or do you think something happened because he said he caught the subway and he was in a really dangerous neighborhood? Mm. Do you think something maybe happened to him that morning, or maybe something that? 
triggered his mental illness yeah. to make him the way he is. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Both of those things are possibilities. Yeah, yeah. With the Elaine thing, I'm just thinking maybe she just accepted the first Moyle she came across because mm. she really didn't want to find a Moyle. She was not. she was a bit uh, pissed off over the fact that she had to do it. Yeah. So you know, regardless of uh, how he was, I think she would have just gone, "Yep, you'll do. You're okay. A Moyle. Yeah. Are you available yeah. on this day? Yep. All right. Cool. You'll do. You'll oh, do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so she didn't screen them too I well. I don't think so. No. But yeah. um. But yeah, the idea of him being, I guess, triggered or or, or um. You know, set off by some some sort of event on the way to the bris. That's perfectly might be something. Yeah, for sure. Whereas, and 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 it's I could imagine it's probably something so minuscule, like maybe he had like an invalid ticket or I don't know something where you and I would be like, oh, you know, that sucks, but you know, I'll figure it out. Yeah. But you know him, like any little thing, he just goes nuts, just sets him off, yeah. shit. It just sets him off. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's probably did it. Um. Yeah. And he just gets there and, jeez, uh, oh, that was my baby, man. And I saw him like shaking his bloody hands I'd be like oh, I think keep I might reconsider yeah keep yeah. away but especially luckily, with your knife yeah I know but luckily Stephen the baby was okay yep and uh, Jerry uh, Jerry's finger, finger bore the brunt br- yeah bore the brunt yes <laughs> instead of poor Stephen's uh, little choo choo <laughs> yeah little Stephen <laughs> baby Stephen alright well yeah. uh, that's all I have about the moil yeah I, I think a character who I look like I said didn't enjoy the character at all but I loved the actor yeah that was great yeah yeah that's my I, take yeah I agree uh, why don't we talk about Stan Amira? Uh, yeah, Stan Amira. So Stan, uh, he was played by Tom Allen Robbins, probably Baskin's mate. <laughs> Baskin, right? You just roll your eyes. Uh, 31 flavours. Uh, he's known for his work on films including Pocahontas, The Swan Princess, and Baby Talk. Uh, and Myra, she was played by Canadian <clears throat> excuse me, Canadian actress Jeannie Elias. Uh, she appeared in Over the Hedge, Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius, and in the 2004 video game GoldenEye Rogue Agent. So a mm. lot of animated stuff there. Uh, so Stan, uh, well, Stan knows Jerry through the softball team. Yep. Uh, Jerry thinks that he's just an acquaintance, whereas Stan, you know, wants to be more with Jerry. They He wants to be, like, best friends. And I think Stan and Myra are probably really introverted people and they probably don't have a large social circle. I think maybe... Or, or maybe Myra could be the extroverted one and maybe Stan's the introvert and he's probably in the softball team to kind of make friends and he's probably really shy. And he's probably one of those people where... If you say hello to him, he'll try and latch on to you as a friend, which yeah. isn't a bad thing. He just doesn't really... He just misreads. He misreads people's situations. situations yeah. and he probably, you know, like someone you just know through softball or, or class or whatever, you'd be like, oh, how you doing, man? Yeah. You know, whereas for him, if you say, how you doing, it's probably to him, it's like, wow, yeah, he's actually giving me attention. We're best mates now. Yeah, we're best mates. Yeah. Which, you know, can work different ways, depending... Um, but yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Yeah, no, um, that's yeah. A, that's a pretty good take. Yeah, I didn't really have much of, uh, I guess, an opinion about you know who they are as people outside of this episode because there's not really a lot to work with. No, um, I mean, obviously they're Jewish. Um, they're very proud parents. Um, so I'm guessing I didn't catch the baby's name. If Stephen, oh Stephen, <laughs> baby Stephen. Oh, you just said that. <laughs> your name. Um, <laughs> You're yeah. the baby in this episode. Yeah, and you get to keep your foreskin. <laughs> I like it. Sweet. <laughs> I had to think about that. I'm like, no, I'm good. Yep. Needs a beanie. (laughs) I'm happy with a Martian. Okay. Now all of our listeners know that I'm uncircumcised. Oh, goodness. Nothing to be ashamed of. Uh, What about you? I'm not saying. (laughs) Uh, Whatever. Anyway. Uh yeah, and um, so I'm guessing Stephen is their first child. Yeah, I'd say so too. Yeah, and and just sort of um adding to what you said about misreading uh the status or the the um uh 
you know, the, what's the word? Like, how far along him and Jerry's relationship is. The fact that he asks him to be Anne Elaine, who is less of an acquaintance, to mm. be godparents. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty big ask. That's usually it's like, role. usually it's like your best friend or like a really close relative or someone that you trust to look after your kids if you die or something happens. So, yeah, I, I, Maybe they don't have a big family outside of... Yeah. And that might explain why they're so... I mean, any parent is proud and doting of their child, but they seem a bit more proud and extra... Almost like they can't believe it. Like, mm. oh, my God, we've been given this gift and they're so, so thankful. So, maybe they don't have much of a family, uh, you know, much of an extended family. No, no, that's what I mean. I mean, I, I don't think they have a large social circle. Yeah. And that would include family as yeah. well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, yeah, and uh, well, obviously, they're really annoyed that Elaine picked... That moil, which yeah. I don't blame him. Far out, man. Yeah, I'd be pretty upset. I'd be pretty upset too. And uh, yeah, and it's good that that Jerry doesn't take all the blame mm. for it. Stan even calls out the moil in the hospital. Yeah, saying you know you should, you should both be ashamed. Yeah, I mean he apportions blame equally and I mm. think appropriately. Yes, yes, because they're all acting like sort of children in the whole situation. <laughs> you know, they're all forgetting who it's about, which is Stephen, me. Yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about before. What do you mean? <laughs> oh no, don't worry. It's- yeah. About my foreskin. Yeah, sorry. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, no foreskin off my back. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's all I had about Stan and Myra. And yep. uh, like I did mention earlier, they're only in this episode. Yeah. 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 They don't make yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think they'd want to be friends or have much to do with Jerry or Elaine after this, uh, yeah. after this situation. Well, first it was the Drake and the Drake hit, and then it was you got to see the baby, and then I guess it's another couple in the core four's lives. Yeah, another another couple bites at us. They don't really have much success with couple friends, do no, they? Not Individual really. friends, they kind of come and go through the show, but um, yeah, couples don't last long. No, and they tried level jumping, and uh, Jerry and Elaine weren't happy on it. Didn't tolerate it. Nope, no way. Nope. Uh, Mrs. Swedler, shall we talk about her? Sure. The hospital admin who by George tries to get compo from compensation uh she was played by deborah mooney she's appeared in the films uh, tootsie everwood and dead poets society great film uh yeah so deborah i think she's a no-nonsense kind of person i well i think initially she's a really friendly person and she's got a really approachable personality as you can tell like you mentioned when george first tries to charm her in the office when he walks in and then once he tries to weasel his way into asking for compo she just basically puts the foot down yep and says no nah. yeah i think she's a really fair and principled woman and i think she really cares for her patients too. Definitely. i think she cares obviously when a patient dies in your care that's yeah. a i could imagine being in the medical field that would be a huge deal mm. you know and you know you probably deal with several people a day and you know when one gets lost under your watch I can imagine it'd be really like I, I, I've never done any medicine or I don't know any medical practitioners personally but I can imagine it'd be a really big toll on you yeah 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 I mean uh, our occasional co-host and friend Stacy, she's been a social worker on and off throughout her professional oh, life oh yeah 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 and she's worked with some you know uh, pretty hardcore drug addicts and alcoholics and you know people in some pretty rough spots and uh, you know, and she's a pretty tough, resilient woman. And uh, even someone like her, who's got a really thick skin and is really good at compartmentalizing and is really uh, well adjusted in the world, um, you know, and she's not dealing with death or you know the, no. the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, even for someone like her, it takes its toll. So I can't imagine what it's like for doctors who see death and loss and yeah. you know the slow decay of life every single bloody day so yeah, yeah it must be tough must be very tough and uh yeah we got to get stacy back man yeah we, yeah. Yeah, we should <laughs> we should we, we should. will we will yeah we will uh the only other thing that i really have about her is i think she started out maybe as a social worker or sort of you know at the bottom of the hospital hierarchy yeah. and maybe yeah. moved her way up yep because she seems like you said she seems to really care about her patients and i think if you come in to that role 
uh, from, you know, more of like a, what's the word, like a professional, you know. If like she a was, bureaucratic kind of yeah, role. Yeah, 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 rather than a human uh, entry point. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I, I get wrong. what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 From a humanitarian I think, I think, perspective, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think your approach or how you... Uh, process, you know, a suicide or some of the horrible shit that she'd see would be a bit more cold. Yeah, but, I can definitely it, see she's not bureaucratic at no, all. You no. know, not everything's a number or a dollar figure. Yeah, I think I, for I, her, I, she really has the human compassionate side, which you rarely see in, you know, admins in certain industries, I can yeah, imagine. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I mean, most of the time, managers or admin people or whoever are just portrayed as a, you know, a, a cog in a very large machine. Yeah, bean counters. Exactly. Basically, everything has a value to it, That's even right. human life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I I, um, I admire her standing up for... Um, for you know, what, the deceased what, and... Uh, yeah, and what is yeah. what is morally right and telling George to piss off. Yeah, I'm like, pretty much. Good on you. Yeah, good on you. Yeah, awesome. And George got his nice just desserts. That's right. Yeah, just desserts, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I wonder if uh, insurance paid for his car. I reckon it did. Yeah, it probably would have. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's all I really have on her. Yeah. Uh, the only other character that I have any notes on is the pig man. Yeah, the fat little mental patient, as Kramer describes him. Uh, didn't get the actor's name. I don't even know if it was a person. Do you reckon it, it was just like... Either like a, someone dressed like a dummy or something, like a dummy maybe, maybe. like a pink dummy. I don't know. I could, it was just like a flash when Kramer has him on his back. Yeah, you just kind of see like a bit of his head. Yeah, yeah, and a bit of his body, but he was pink like a pig. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Who I don't knows? know if it was a real person or, or whatnot. No okay. idea. Are Played by. Are there any credits on IMDb or anything? No, couldn't find anything. Okay. Because I thought that um, the guy uh, Frank, uh, what's his name, uh, Frank Noon, it said that he played the patient. Okay. But I don't think it was the pig man. I think it was the guy who jumped off the roof. Yeah. I think that was played by Frank Noon. Right. Uh, but no, I didn't get any credits for uh, pig man, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean... It's he's being repressed by the government. By Area 51. Yep. Storm it. Do it. Um, <laughs> please do it. Please do it. Uh, yeah, no, pig man, I, I just think he's just, yeah, like a short man that looks like pig. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, probably his pink skin. I don't know, maybe he was suffering from a skin condition or I don't know, maybe, maybe he had radiation therapy or something and yep. or chemo you know sometimes you know you, you hear of people getting those treatments and you know they get like hot you know they get like red skin and they get yep. really hot and stuff i don't know maybe he just it's had true. a thing or maybe a skin like a skin condition i don't know probably something like that yeah yeah i've noticed um i've met a few people in my life and i'm just thinking of a couple of well-known people who have alopecia no, no body hair right and really, really pale skin, and they become really pink. Mm. You know, even from mild physical activity, they get really, really pink. So maybe, maybe uh, one of those. Yeah, yeah who knows? maybe has a condition like that. Yeah. The only thing that isn't really explained in the show, and I can't really think of any good reason uh, for happening, is the very obvious oinks. You know, he's like, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a pig. He doesn't just sound like a human <laughs> making weird grunting sounds. No, he sounds, he like sounds a pig. exactly like a pig. So yeah, maybe he's got like a nasal disorder or a sinus problem. <laughs> maybe <laughs> who knows? He's trying to breathe. Maybe he's just so bored in hospital. He just does it just for shits and giggles. Yeah. It's just like I'm going to oink like a pig just because I can. Okay, why not? Yeah, maybe that's why he was put in hospital. If he's a if he's a, a psychiatric painter, uh, a patron, patient, yeah, a patron, a patron, <laughs> a psychiatric really. Patreon, patreon.com forward slash. No, um, yeah, no, I, I think yeah, he's, he's a mental patient. Yeah, um, maybe maybe that's why they committed him because he just maybe he thinks he's a pig. Maybe he thinks he's a pig. Yeah, yeah. There's some people who think that they are a particular species. Yeah, other kin. Yeah, yeah, furries, whatever they call them. These yeah, days. I think there's a whole swath of. Whole subculture of them, yeah, many yeah. subcultures. Yes, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe he was like a proto other kin, <laughs> maybe like a pre other kin, because that like, that community kind of came about, I think, in the mid nineties when the internet started to popularize. Of course, yes, yeah. So maybe he was a, a preemptive other kin. Who knows? Okay, yeah, uh, makes sense. 
Yeah, um, that's all I really have about any of the secondary characters. Yeah, that's all the secondaries, I reckon, for this week. Let's take one more break, and uh, we got a couple of nice bits of listener mail. Uh, one from one of our favourite superfans of the show, and uh, another from a gentleman who we talked about a couple of weeks ago on Seinfeld News. Uh, turns out he's not an American guy, he's an Australian guy, we found out. So after this, we'll tell you who it is, and uh, we'll wrap up the episode. Hey, I just saw a pig man. A pig man! Talking about a pig man! I walked into the room! room and there he was a pig man a pig man half pig half man we have covered the secondary characters from season five's the bris and uh, before the break i did mention we have listener mail but i forgot to mention uh, we're going to talk about where the episode sits in our list of seinfeld eps uh, out of 92 Stephen, uh, where does the episode sit for you uh, it's, it's a number 69 so oh, hey you beauty yeah i i like kramer's storyline i like the pig man because it's just weird and wacky yeah and it's typical kramer and some of his delivery of like it's a pig man jerry is some of the best Kramer. It was definitely a funny subplot, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Sausage, bacon, yeah. beep, 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 that's our folks. And it shows him at his uh, conspiratorial best. Yes, the alternative know. media, Jerry. Exactly. <laughs> and just, it's typical Kramer to read an article about genetic testing, which I'm sure happens in all hospitals, um, and to make the leap that, well, they must be creating an army of half-peak half-men. For some reason. Typical paranoid Kramer. Yeah. I uh, really love it. Yeah. Yeah, the Moyle really brought it down. Um, I, I like the idea of a Moyle and just like a sort of an obnoxious, unlikable character, but they just took it too far. Maybe if it was like, if Seinfeld was like a blue comedy or a HBO comedy, if it was like Curb Your Enthusiasm or something, I think it would have been really hilarious. Yeah. Um, But something as safe as Seinfeld, which was on network television, I think it probably wasn't appropriate. Yeah. I don't think. I'm not a wowser or anything, but I agree with you. I just don't think it was the right place for it. But like I said, if it was like HBO or... Netflix or something, probably, yeah, you can get away with it. Yep. You know. Um, yeah, for me, number 53, uh, I thought the episode was better than I remembered it. Um, yeah, the moil for me kind of brought it down. But overall, yeah, enjoyable episode. I loved George's. George had a really small subplot, but I enjoyed his... Uh, his conversation me best yes I enjoyed his conversation with Mrs. Sweedler the admin and uh, yeah I, I liked uh, Jerry subplot as well or Jerry and Elaine's I, I suppose and, yeah uh, yeah Kramer's was really fun too it was fun yeah yeah not the worst but not the best no 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 any of the characters appear in your top 20 no yeah I'm the, I'm the same same anyway that's all done so what do you think of the bris let us know yeah yeah what do you think is it good is it bad what do you think of the moil yeah yeah Whatever. <laughs> Be curious. All right. We got a couple of bits of listener mail. When you control the mail, you control information. Uh, yeah. So like uh, Ivan said before the last break, uh, a few weeks ago on Seinfeld News, I mentioned that there was a guy who had a, uh, a Seinfeld Lego project going where I think if you uh, voted for it 10,000 times, it would be submitted to Lego for consideration to actually make into an official Lego set. And it was the Core 4 plus Newman and I think Jerry's apartment. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And uh, I mentioned um, uh, in that news piece that the guy or the person who I thought was doing it was from the US. Yeah. Um, I think I just assumed that because... Well, Seinfeld's an American TV show. Yeah. You'd, you'd think so, yeah. Yeah, so it was just a careless oversight on my on my behalf. However, the guy's name is Brent Waller, and he commented... Uh, to, he sent a comment to us. On Facebook, yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. And um, he, first of all, thanked us uh, for mentioning him and, mm. and what he's doing. 
Um, and he also corrected myself um, by saying that he's actually from Brisbane, which is our hometown. Our hometown, Bris Vegas, baby. And not the, not the US. No, there you go. So thanks very much for getting in touch, Brent. And uh, yeah, if you go back to our, I think, episode from a couple of weeks ago, yeah. we have the link in the show notes uh, where you can make his Seinfeld Lego concept a reality if uh, he gets more than 10,000 votes. Potential reality. Potential reality, Yeah, yes. so it gets submitted to Lego and then they consider it, so they have the final say. Well, hopefully, because Seinfeld is part of the zeitgeist, at least in the last few years on the internet, I could imagine that would sell a shitload. Definitely. I'd put my name down for sure. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't it. if it yeah. wasn't exorbitantly priced, I'd probably buy one. Oh, even know, if it was $100, I'd buy it. Okay. Yeah, I would. Yeah. yeah. Fair yeah, enough. I'd go all out and get some decorations for the studio. Yeah. So <laughs> Why not? More decorations. More decorations. Yeah. So thank you again, Brent. And uh, I'm sorry for the oversight. Yeah. Thank you for correcting and, me. And thanks, Appreciate it. Yeah. And thanks for listening to us, Brent. He did say that he's uh, listening to the podcast podcast as well. So uh, thanks, man. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, we got a couple of tweets from uh, Jeff. He's one of our super fans, we like to call him. He's been listening to us since day one. So he is from the United States, from the state of Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken, Steve. Um, so Jeff, he left a couple of comments. He listened uh, to the couch episode and our regifted soup Nazi episode. Uh, he mentioned in the couch that we were talking about some African American characters, and we may have forgotten to mention Jackie Childs when we uh, listed them. Another oversight. Yeah, I thought we did mention Jackie though. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to go back and listen. Anyway, thanks for that, Jeff. Um, also, he in the couch he did mention that uh, Pat Oswalt's character, the video store clerk, who we who we. Uh, Analyzed, we theorized that he was Gene, but we forgot during recording that Gene was already on screen later on. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, thanks for the inside, Jeff. But it, it was a pretty cool theory, I yeah. guess, while it lasted. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks to everyone for keeping us accountable. Yes, indeed. Keeping and us honest. Yes. And, uh, yeah, so thanks very much, Jeff. And it's always nice to hear from you. Indeed, it is. Yes. That is another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Thank you so much for listening. In the meantime, if you want to get in touch, you can email us, bidwabas, B I D W B A S C podcast at gmail.com. You can say, Hello on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or Reddit. You can listen to past episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to rate us or review us, that would be amazing. 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 It would be amazing. It wouldn't be amazing. No. <laughs> uh, it would be amazing, though. And if you want to get uh, some extra goodies, you can head to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. And for various dollars per month, you can get some uh, extra content that we put out every couple of weeks. Yeah, and, man. And uh, we're at five patrons at the moment. And uh, once we hit 10, uh, we instead of doing fortnightly uh, extra content, we'll be doing weekly extra content. Yes. So if you want to give up a couple of bucks... Uh, yeah, you can get some extra stuff from us. That's right. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. Next week, we have... Uh, well, we were going to do the wait out from Season 7, the penultimate Season 7 episode last week. But like I said, we did move the Briss Ford uh, to dedicate the episode to Charles Levine, the late Charles Levine, who did play the Moyle. Uh, so next week, we're doing the wait out. Can't wait. We've uh, <laughs> we've waited it out for another week, and we we're going to do it. Yep, and yeah. we hope you waited out with us, and we'll catch you all then. All right. You take care. See ya. See ya.